if you thought this was gonna be just a normal podcast of history you are wrong just can't you see because it's crazy ass history Welcome to our first episode of Crazy As History. Um, I'm Taylor, and I'm going to be your podcast host. And then we also have Brandon here. He's going to be the co-host. Hey. Yeah, he's a man of few words. So I've wanted to do a podcast for a while now, and I couldn't ever find anybody to uh, help host it with me. So Brandon kind of got roped into it because we have been dating for how many years now? Um, Too long. <laughs> funny I actually think it's been like four and a half years something like that so he's here willingly partially but partially because I'm making him thanks <laughs> no problem that's what I do so first off I just wanted to say that if the audio is not the best it's because we are terrible with technology and I cannot figure out how to get both microphones to play off of my computer. Uh, We currently have two microphones in the apartment, uh, but I don't know how to hook it up because I'm the worst millennial ever. If I am a millennial, hell, I don't even know. Got anything to add to that, Brandon? You're a millennial. All right, well. So we are currently sitting in Brandon's living room talking into a microphone. Uh, I want you to get on to what we're talking about today. I'm just kind of trying to explain the situation, explain that uh, we have never talked in front of slash into a microphone before, and we are neither entertainers nor comedians, so if it's not that funny, please don't get upset. Uh, Also, disclaimer, we are hella Southern, and that is why we have these terrible accents. We can try our best to enunciate and sound like we know what we're talking about. But to be fair, we might sound stupid, but we're not. We're fairly educated. We both went to college. Ain't that right, Brandon? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, we somewhat went to college. Anyways, so we apologize if you can't really understand us, but we're hoping that somehow it'll create some uh, good old-fashioned Southern charm. Uh, But we hope that you can stick with us throughout our first episode, and thank you for tuning in. Because we think it's going to be at least kind of fun. So, let's just get right into it. Okay. Do you want to guess what our uh, first episode is going to be about? I have no idea. You have no idea? Well, it's the 100th anniversary of it. Don't look at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) No cheating. Our first episode is going to be on the Spanish flu, which is very timely because it's flu season and I did not get a flu shot probably gonna get sick so this year marks the 100th anniversary of the Spanish flu because it's also known as the 1918 flu so Brandon have you ever heard of this no never I feel like I would have heard about this it's a real thing but I actually have asked a few other people and nobody else knew anything about it either so hopefully it'll be a good episode and Uh, If y'all that are listening have heard of this, I apologize if a lot of the information may not be right. I try my best, but I didn't try too hard because as we know, this is a not so historically accurate history podcast. So 
I got the facts, but if they're if they're all right, I couldn't say. <laughs> ah, yes, the sweet sounds of Brandon cracking open a cold one on our very first episode. Hey, you gotta get them in daily, you know. I understand. I understand. As you can see, we've got a great great co-host on this uh, here podcast. So I'm just gonna go ahead and head into it. The way that I kind of have my notes set up for this, it's like the first part talks about like how many people died because that's important something like this and then I go into like first wave second wave third wave and the three different waves are kind of how the flu kind of like spread around you with me so far what even is the Spanish flu we're working on it I'm gonna let you know here in a minute so basically it was just a really really bad flu that went around in 1918 but it ain't just like your regular flu it was like awful so let me start with the death. Perfect. It's estimated that 500 million people, which is like one third of the world's population, became infected. And the number of people that died was at least 50 million. And so about 675,000 died in the United States. So like 3 to 5% of the world's population dead. So the pandemic started during World War One. But I think a lot of times people probably don't know about it because of how big World War One was. Yeah, drink that beer. <laughs> I'm doing my best over here. Working hard. Yeah, so Brandon is drinking a PBR, which is his favorite as of right now because it's very cheap. <laughs> Anyways, I lost my train of thought. I'll edit this out. LOL. Do you need a beer too? No, I don't need a beer. I think I'm good. So it was... World War One is... Like, when you think about it, you're like, oh my gosh, so many people died so bad. Obviously, really bad. But only, when I say only, I'm saying relatively, only 16 million people died. If you equate that with the Spanish flu, 50 million people died for Spanish flu, 16 million people died in World War One. So, over double people died from the Spanish flu. So, over double people died? Don't you mean twice as many? <laughs> yes, that is what I meant. Uh... Yeah, twice as many people died. Not over double. I'm not good with numbers. We know this. <laughs> but if this flu was as deadly as you say, why have I never heard about it? Um, I'm going to get to that. I feel, I feel like it's a bunch of bullshit over here. I feel like that's not true. And so I'll go ahead and tell you. So the reason that we have never really heard of it and they didn't even know really what was going on at the time is because... The U.S. and the other countries that were involved in the war, they did not want, like, the people, like, in their own country and the other countries to know that their soldiers were sick because they didn't want, like, the U.S. population to know that all the soldiers are hacking up lung, but then they're trying to go out there and fight for us. So they really did it to keep up morale. So basically all the news was censored to where people didn't know about anything that was happening. So that is why... We really haven't heard of it because it was censored then, and so it just probably hasn't carried on into today. And some weird things about it, it killed up to 20% of people that were infected with it. As opposed to the, the normal flu that you would get, it only kills 0.1%. So this flu killed 20, the regular flu kills 0.1. So obviously a big difference, and that's why so many people up and died. Also another weird thing is that most of the people that died tended to be under the age of 65, which is a little strange because when you think about the flu, you think it's going to kill off all the, the weak people, which are like the older people, maybe younger people. 
but nearly half the people that died were from ages 20 to 40. So basically, if me and you got it right now, we out. I don't know. I heard a beer day would keep the doctor away. I might have been alright. Well, all I'm saying is, somebody must have been out to get all those, uh, them young folk. Those pre-millennials. <laughs> yeah, way pre-millennials. Um, all, another weird thing was that the outbreak started in the summer and fall, not in the winter, which is weird because most people do not get the flu in the summer and the fall. So this whole thing was just a real, a real jumbled up mess. And that's why I find it so fascinating because none of it makes sense. So, and also it was really spread like widely across the nation and across the world because of the war. Because like, so a lot of the soldiers were sick. So they'd come tramping into your town just spreading flu germs all over the place. And so, you get the flu, you get the flu, you get the flu. Everybody gets the flu. Anyway, so everybody got the flu. Uh, <laughs> I cracked myself up. Well, I'm glad you cracked somebody up. Well, how long did it take you to come up with that? Anyways, for a long time, scientists didn't know where it started. They were like, may have started in France, may have started in China, may have started in America. Ain't nobody know. But a new research says that it could have started, like, in China and then the shipment of Chinese laborers across, like, Canada brought it into North America. So, I guess, like, they were shipping them, like, across in, like, train cars and they said that they thought they could have spread it. But I only read that on one episode. I can't speak. I only read that on one website. I don't know how reliable that is. But one historian said that in China... They had a lower mortality rate than other nations did. So they, like, believed that the reason was because they had immunity built up because they had been exposed to it earlier. I don't know. Take that as you will. All right, so now we're going to get into how, like, it spread across in the first, second, third waves. In the United States, this is for the first wave, the flu activity was first detected in military camps in a few cities during the spring of 1918. And they call these out first outbreaks the first wave. And I'm doing air quotes, but nobody can see my air quotes because I love air quotes. But it doesn't really work on a podcast, but that's fine. <laughs> so for the U.S. and other countries uh, involved in the war, like I said, they didn't tell anybody because they didn't want the public morale to go down. So nobody knew what was happening. Everybody was just getting sick, real confused. For the first like wave of the flu, people had typical flu symptoms like chills, fever, fatigue, and a lot of them usually recovered after several days and the number of reported deaths was fairly low for the first wave. So for the second wave though, it started in September 1918 and it's said to have emerged at Camp Devens, which was a US Army training camp outside of Boston. And this was the most deadly wave and it peaked in the U.S. in September and November, more than 100,000 Americans died during October alone. Holy Jesus. Yeah, that's a lot. For this one, it was a lot worse than the first one on how people died. So victims died within hours or days of developing symptoms. Their skin was turning blue, their lungs were filling with fluid, and it caused them to suffocate. Hmm, that's one way to die. Yes, it is a way to die, and it's a way that many, many people did die. <laughs> uh, so, in just one year in 1918, the average life expectancy in America plummeted by a dozen years. Got anything to say to that, Brandon? Shocking. Brandon is shook. 
thoroughly shook. <laughs> Greatly and thoroughly shook to death. Just like these people. May they rest in peace. <laughs> so, so you're laughing about death now. No, not laughing. Just a way to cope. Uh, so we're on to the third wave now, guys. The third and final wave began in early 1919 and ran all the way through the spring. And it wasn't quite as deadly as the second. It subsided around the summer of 1919 in the U.S., there wasn't really many stats on the third wave. It was basically just like it kind of came back for a little bit and then died out. Pretty much most of the people died during the second wave from the terrible suffocation thing. But scientists now know that this pandemic was called by an H1N1 virus, which continued to circulate as a seasonal virus worldwide for the next 38 years. It's a long time. Yeah, that's a long time. Was H1N1 what started swine flu? Or is that... I don't know. I know I had the swamp flu. How was it? How did that go for you? It was terrible. Did your lungs suffocate you? Uh, I'm still here today. I made it. How long were you in bed sick? I would say about a week. Honestly, the flu fascinates me because I don't think I've ever had it. Well, I got it. I got the swamp flu, and that was the only year I ever got a flu shot. So basically, what we're saying is we are the poster children of don't get a flu shot. Yeah, I took one flu shot, got the swamp flu. Yeah, I've heard many stories about people getting the flu shot, and not only do they get the flu, they get some other crazy disease, too. What other kind of crazy disease do you get? Well, it ain't like a, it ain't like a disease like the flu, but, like, I know this one lady who got the flu shot, and then it made her, like, crazy for the rest of her life. I'll, I'll tell you who it is later. I don't want to out her on this, this <laughs> podcast with all of these listeners. <laughs> LOL, probably zero. I'll, t- I'll tell you later. It's a crazy story. Or so she say that the flu shot gave it to her. She might have been crazy. Yeah, she might have just been crazy and then blamed it all on her and wanted to sue sue whoever makes flu shots. I don't know, the government? I don't know. Conspiracy theory. Coming up next. <laughs> okay. Back back to what we were really talking about. Here's some consequences of the the whole 18, 1918 flu, excuse me. So funeral parlors were really overwhelmed by all the people that were dying and the bodies were piled up and so a lot of people had to dig graves for their own family members because they couldn't take them to a funeral parlor because there was no room so that would have been terrible have you ever had to dig a grave maybe for like a dog oh yeah i had to do one for a dog sad day it was a sad day it was tiring yeah we used to bury our animals out in the cow pasture hmm and when I was little, I was always scared that the cows were going to go stomp on the grave. <laughs> <laughs> mean. So, but there's no cows back there anymore, so they rest in peace finally. R.I.P. Yeah. Okay, so the flu was also really detrimental to the co- economy, not comedy, economy. There's and, no comedy on this program. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not very funny. So businesses were forced to shut down because so many of their employees were sick. And, like, even, like, mail delivery and garbage just had to stop because everybody who worked in it got sick. Which makes sense because if you're delivering mail and you're going out to everybody's house every day, of course you're going to get sick. And Brandon is over here making noise. And almost 90 years later, in 2008, researchers announced that they discovered what made the 1918 flu so deadly. Now, I'm not a scientist but i'm gonna read this out for all of you uh people who may know what these scientific terms mean you may appreciate this little thing so it says that a group of three genes 
enable the virus to weaken a victim's bronchial tubes and lungs and clear the way for bacterial pneumonia. So basically what it says is all these little bacteria dudes got into your lungs or your bronchial tubes and said, hey, I'm gonna weaken you up. And then boom, pneumonia. Sound about right? Yeah. I am not a biology major. I am political science and a history minor. So biology, science, that ain't my thing. Sorry, sorry everyone who is science oriented. It ain't me. I don't think they had any hope to on this podcast anyway. Yeah, probably not. For real science. Yeah, probably not. So that was really all of the, uh, like, what exactly happened. But now we have some fun facts. Or what I really would like to call not-so-fun facts. Because this story was not very fun. Because a lot of people died. The first fun fact. Not-so-fun fact. While negotiating the end of World War One with, like, all the other world leaders at the Versailles Palace. I know. Was it at Versailles? I don't know. It's a treaty of Versailles. I know that. But I don't know if it was at the Versailles Palace. Anyways, in April 1919, when they were at the peace treaty, Woodrow Wilson collapsed, and some historians speculate he was weak from the flu, which was still really widespread in Paris. So, even the president may have had the flu. But he didn't die, probably because he had a lot better medical treatment than everybody else at the time. Next not-so-fun fact, the 1918 flu pandemic. Okay, this is it. So it was called the Spanish flu. You've probably been wondering why is it called Spanish flu. It did not originate in Spain, but the reason that it's called the Spanish flu is because the Spanish remained neutral during the war, and so they were free to report all the flu activity. They were reporting all of what was actually happening, while none of the other countries were. And so, yeah, Spain was hit really hard by the disease, and that's why they published a lot about it, because they were freaking out. And other people were freaking out, but they didn't have a, they didn't really have a dog in the fight in World War One, and so they were able to spread the news freely to all their people. And so they call it the Spanish flu now, because they were the only people who would admit to it happening. Go Spain. Okay, next not so fun fact: more soldiers died from the Spanish flu than died in battle for the entirety of World War One. Okay, for real though, what do we think the odds are? that all the governments around the world concocted the Spanish flu to use as like a military tactic against each other. Of course. That's why we never heard of it. That's why they're trying to hide it so much. So you're saying conspiracy theory confirmed. Oh, yeah. Just just like JFK. The Freemasons. Oh. Hmm? Don't come at us. Plus, honestly, I feel like this should just be a conspiracy theory podcast at this point. I don't know about that. We might turn them missing. Dang, you're right, you're right. Okay, last not-so-fun fact. So this is probably not a shock, but historians label the Spanish flu as a forgotten pandemic because nobody remembers it. When it ended, it didn't end because of immunizations or medicine or anything. It literally ended because it was so deadly. Sounds weird, but it became so lethal that the host would die so quickly that it prevented people from being able to spread it to a lot of other people. So it was like, you get it right now, two hours from now, you're dead. I might have it, but then two hours from then, I'm probably dead. And so in those four hours, we couldn't spread it to anybody. Hmm. So it ended because it was so deadly. And obviously in today's world, we have lots of precautions and medicines and vaccines to help us prevent a pandemic like this from happening again. People like us who don't get the flu shot, 
are the people who are going to spread it again if it comes around. Well, not if we don't get it. We'll probably get it. I got Like I said earlier, I got the flu one time and I took the flu shot. That's true, that's true. I took the flu shot once and I've never had the flu, but I'm thinking if I've never had the flu, knock on wood, I'm probably good at this point. Maybe till I get old. So that is a wrap on the Spanish flu. And just to give a little insight on why I really wanted to do this, last year I was obsessed with Downton Abbey. And one of the first like episodes I watched, everybody in the house gets the Spanish flu. And they're all freaking out. Yeah, so a couple people died. It was sad. I cried a little bit. So if you want to see a good depiction or a not so good depiction, I don't know. Very dramatic because it's a, what's that thing called? Soap opera. Hmm. It's like a soap opera. If you want to see a soap opera version of the Spanish flu, please watch Downton Abbey because it's great. Downton Abbey, sponsor us. Just kidding. You're off the air. So that was our first story. I hope that you slightly enjoyed it. I tried to make it not too long and not, uh, I don't know, too crazy yet. We're really trying to work into the crazy, the really crazy um, history stories. We don't want to like exhaust them all at first. I'm sure there's plenty of crazy history stories you can find. Oh yeah, there definitely are. So we're going to keep looking. We'll be back out with another episode sometime. Maybe we can figure out how to hook up two microphones. If anybody has any uh, insight or help, please feel free to contact us at crazyasshistory at gmail.com or on Instagram at crazyasshistorypodcast or on Twitter at crazyasshistory or on Facebook as crazyasshistory because we really need help. Do you have anything else to add, Brandon? Um, no, I think we covered it. I think that was about it. Yeah, that was about it. That was about the gist of it. That's some crazy ass shit. It is. So uh, join in next time for our not-so-historically-accurate uh, history podcast. And this was the first episode of Crazy As... History? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> That's the name. <laughs> All right, bye.